welcome to today's episode of Jazz Beats, your number one podcast for jazz news and entertainment. Here are your hosts, Jackson and Tyson. I will never doubt the Jazz again. I, I think I said they would lose one game this right. week. You were being quote unquote realistic. <laughs> realistic is 4-0 and and an eight game win streak. You guys are listening to Jazz Beats. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jackson. This is Tyson. Hello. And it is a good day to be a jazz fan. Um, do you ever feel feel bad about when we are struggling and we're so bitter about it? I, that's how sports is. Is it's you're either way up or way down. Like it, it's it's a weird thing to think about how how negative you can be about a team when they're struggling. And like a month later, it's it's the complete opposite. Do you get that way? Or are you pretty level? Uh, I'm definitely not level-headed. I'm <laughs> very it. emotional. But it's kind of like your kids. You know, you get really mad at them, and then you're just super proud. So I don't know. I feel like, honestly, I have such a short memory that I totally forget when they suck. And then when they suck again, I remember very clearly. And then whatever they're doing now is pretty much my reality. Do- they might have medication for that to keep us a little bit leveler. Dude. That, that would be good to pitch to sports fans. That, that's a, it's a million-dollar idea. This is going to be the craziest <laughs> coincidence. When, earlier Shut this up. morning, I'm not joking, earlier this morning, and Jackson and I have not spoken of this. I'm really excited right my, now for this. <laughs> my brother, who lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, bless his heart, um, <laughs> is a, a huge Green Bay Packer fan. Okay. And like you couldn't he loves them and i asked his wife today because she flew in for christmas right and i haven't seen her in over a year but uh i said hey um when packer fans go to the arena to a game and they hand in their tickets do they hand them a prozac as they walk in because they're going to be so depressed about the game (laughs) (laughs) and that is crazy that you would say that that's awesome i was literally thinking that some fans probably just need an antidepressant every time they watch a game. It's true. But not Utah Jazz fans. And then and then the same thing can probably like bring them down to a normal level when they're doing well. Right. Too. Right. If it's if, just healthy. Yeah. Drugs, <laughs> drugs, drugs. Oh my gosh. 4-0. <laughs> Jazz went this week. Baby. Awesome. Started off with Minnesota. Um a little bit to talk about following the post game of that game, but Minnesota first night of a back to back, we win by 30. Was that our last away game? I'm trying. You, you, I, caught, you caught me off guard. I'm sorry. Right now. I'm sorry. Talk about short memories. Because I know that we'd had a full, we had a road trip of four games and we won them all, right? So. Well, it was a back to back. So they were either both home or both away. And we're going to find out shortly. Okay. Just a second. Our, sorry. Our, our development and research team in the back there, they're, they're typing away and they're signaling to us now saying. Uh, we were on the road. It was on the road. On the road for three of the four games this three week. Three of the four? Yeah. So the wow. road trip, we went undefeated. That's right. Um, we won by 30 against full staff. This is the game I said we would lose if we had to lose a game. What was the aspect that you were I don't about? really know. I think back-to-backs are just scary right. in general. Carl Anthony Towns is playing, coming back from not playing. He's usually really good. Um, and the, the Timberwolves, the other players think so as well. And we're going to get to that because <laughs> it's, it's comical, but, um, maybe the back to back difference was we did play Mike Conley in both games back to back. 
He's right. he's a game changer. Earlier in the season, uh, when our record wasn't as glamorous as it is now, uh, we were not playing Mike Conley on back-to-back games. And although his minutes are shorter, I do think that that is a huge impact in the game because when Donovan's out and you have um, Forrest or uh, even Clarkson and Joe Ingles bringing the ball down, not to fault any of them, but the experience and the level-headedness that Mike Conley brings on the floor is just part of none. Yeah, Conley's been great. It's just he's just so consistent. Right. You just know what you're going to get when he's on the floor. Uh, Mitchell's been all-star caliber. Jeez. He's been killing. It. He had 36 that night. Unreal. He is in. Uh, I my wife used to be like, "What's the big deal with Donovan Clarkson's better?" <laughs> she sees it now. I'm telling you, my wife can't get past Clarkson's hair. She right. looks at him and, and it makes her laugh. Is it because some of the dreads are tucked into the bandana and some I are think, over the bandana? I'm really not sure. It's kind of like a like a get out of the shower sopping wet kind of look. It's just very right. I don't know. I think it's, I love it. I'm not gonna lie. I think I, it's cool. I think he starts the the game with all of them tucked in, and then every time he makes a shot, he pulls one out. Oh, and hangs it like over. a tally mark. Yes. Nice. Yes. yes you yes. gotta you gotta manage your own stats somehow. Yeah, because you gotta keep somebody accountable. <laughs> right. So keep an eye on that, folks. Um, the end of the game. Um, the two players that were very vocal in the post game interviews were Anthony Edwards, young up and comer, and Patrick Beverly, kind of a um, well-known asshole. <laughs> can I say that? <laughs> you can. Okay. This podcast is for um, mature audiences. Both of them, and, and remember, they lost by 30. Yeah, 104 to 134. Both of them claimed how they didn't see the big deal with Rudy Gobert and how he is not even close to the best defensive player. You're, you're, go ahead. Yeah, something about I ain't scared, or he wasn't scared that when he goes to the paint, like there is, he's not worried at all about Rudy Gobert. Um, that's uh, even during the game, their attitudes were they were every time they would score a layup, they were like, "Oh, too small, Royce O'Neal, you're too small," giving the signal with his hand only a foot off the court, like he's a midget. Um, but scoreboard don't lie. Yeah, how do you even say anything negative about the opponent when you lose by thirty? That's the part that doesn't make sense to me. It's when your ego is bigger than your skill level. Okay. Yeah. Like, even if, even if something were, like, say Mitchell got held to 10 points and shot horribly, we still win by 30. Even in that scenario, it's not okay. Right, <laughs> Don't like, say that. Like when we played Portland. Yeah. And we held Damien to 11 points, right? Right. And after the game, we said... What was what was your trick? To, they I said, well, how did you hold him down? They says, oh yeah, our defense was in in rhythm and we had good switchbacks. And they didn't say because Damian sucks. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And if they did, that's that's that shame on them. You know, but we have a high caliber, nice, good, classy guys. <laughs> so I think that's what to expect. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, you. Um, we talked a bit, little bit about the defense on that that game pulling Gobert out. And we saw a little bit of that the first half of the game, but I think that we just, Gobert just loves the intensity. And I think he plays better when he, almost like he needs a chip on the shoulder personally at the beginning of the game to fire him up for the rest of the game. Yeah. 
So their argument was he didn't guard Towns. He didn't start on him. He started on a, a lesser player. Um, so they were saying that was like kind of cowardly. And uh, if I was the best defensive player, I would want to guard this guy. I would want right, to guard right, Mitchell. Right. I would want to guard the the Towns of the league. And, and I don't know. The, the league isn't about defensive player of the year awards. That's awesome. He's been getting them. But it's about winning games. And, okay. and if him guarding a weaker player so he can help more because his timing and help is so good is going to win you games, then you do that. Right. You would see after a shot, he would run straight in for the rebound, and he was just gobbling up rebounds because he was able to break away quickly from his guy, and it was easy for him to box out. So I think that was the focus for him. Just secure your guy and then make sure we get to the second board and they don't get second chances. So it's very tactical as far as how Quinn has oh, yeah. set up. But you're right about the defensive player of the year. I mean, I've never walked down the street and seen a guy wearing defensive player of the year shirt, 1999, or any other year ever since. MVP is what you see. Uh, stats, three-pointers, that's where the action's at. So um, if we're not chasing defensive player of the year award, that's fine. We're chasing the win, which, sorry, Timberwolves, got that one. <laughs> uh, the next night, Saturday, this is the game I was probably most excited for. Played the 76ers on the road. The last time we played them, they were out like three or four guys because of COVID. Um, very minimal lineup. I think they only played eight or nine. We won by 30 or 40. So, right, so they were right, full right, staffed right. right now, full lineup. And I was excited about this one. But the Jazz are just on a freaking tear. And we ended up winning by another double-digit 22-point win. Uh, are the Jazz? Are the Jazz shooting better? Why? Why all of a sudden are our last four games all one eighteen or above? One eighteen, one twenty three, one twenty four, and one thirty four. I mean, what's the difference that all of a sudden we're scoring such high points in a game? I kind of think that's expected. It's the other end that I feel like we've been playing so much better at. Teams are um, scoring under 100 points sometimes against us. Um, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I feel like sets us apart and kind of gets us back to where we were two or three years ago, getting one of the better defenses in the league because we know our firepower and offense is incredible right now. But um, except for that Celtics game that was way high scoring, teams are not scoring – over a hundred or very many points over a hundred. And I think that's been the difference. I think our offense and scoring capabilities is, has been very good and it has picked up again, but it's, it's all fueled by our defense. Okay. So you're saying not only are, but the higher points, is that from us making stills or turnovers or, or just being in a rhythm, being able to make more baskets because of our defense? Yes, yes, and yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Because what I wanted to talk about, and uh, next podcast I want to talk about this, spend some more time on it. I want to talk about the turnovers okay. that the Utah Jazz have been dealing with and how they've started to manage it a little bit better um, in the last couple games. Even though we're still able to win games, our turnover amount for anybody in the top four of the East or West is the highest. So nobody, nobody in, in the ranking that we are in is, has as many turnovers as we do in a game. Still able to win some games, 
So, I mean, that's, there's a lot of determination, which probably comes from the coaching staff. But at some point, next episode, look out for that. I do want to talk about Utah Jazz and their turnovers. You guys are going to hear an in-depth analysis of the turnover situation across the league by Tyson this next is week. This yeah. Buckle up! <laughs> <laughs> um, all these games just seem kind of um, the same to me. They've all been uh, second-half scoring barrages for for big wins. So the next game was in Washington against the Wizards. Um, again, it was kind of close in the first half, and then second half comes alive, and, and we all know how we play in the second half usually. Uh, Donna, a lot of credit to Donovan yes. Mitchell on that. Uh, man, his, his, he said in an interview, uh, he's not worried about the first guy. Did you hear this interview? No, go he ahead. Said, uh, talk to us about what you're doing to to get in the groove and make your baskets. And he says, "Oh, I'm I'm honestly I'm not worried about the first guy. I know I can always get by the first guy. <laughs> it's about making the right decision once I get to the second guy. Whether that's a floater, whether that's a draw the foul or a pass out or a wrap around pass. He says that's where in the past I've not made the right quick decision." In that situation, he's like, but I know I can burn the first guy. <laughs> I, I, I know I can burn fast that guy. And then I get to that guy, and I'm two feet away from the hoop, and I've got to make the right decision then. And I, I would dare say he's doing a better job at that. I agree. That's cool. I wonder if that's, like, before he even beats the first guy, if that's going through his head, is, is I got to figure out what I'm going to do early in, in eight feet from here, right. not from right here. Right. And, and does that cause you to mishandle the ball when you're trying to get past the first guy i mean it does not for lately not for him <laughs> for right. you for me i'm like should i do a layup oh I, the ball just got stolen i i didn't quite get there but i think with donovan i mean he is he's been working on his handles so well that uh i don't think the first guy is a challenge for him anymore it's just the finishing that he has to master the luxury we have is our second third fourth and fifth guys are pretty dang good shooters that you can't leave alone. So so when Donovan does beat the first guy, if there's help coming in to stop him, we've got shooters around the around the three that can knock him down. Right, and you probably saw that behind the back no look pass in the Clippers game out to Joe Ingles in the corner. So that's exactly what you're talking about, and we're going to see that all season long. Well, you look at it. We we take a ton of threes, right? It's it's known. How many of those threes are bad shots? Man, I don't think that very many of them That's are. That's where I'm going. You know, I feel like a little bit with Jordan Clarkson and maybe two with Donovan Mitchell, but no one else takes a bad three-point. No. Like, there's very rarely a three-point that we take that's like, oh, shoot, you, you had a better option. Or, right. or you had right. the next guy. Or, or you could have gone to the basket. Or you was way contested. I don't, I don't say that to myself very often. No, no, I don't think so at all. By the way, shout out to Steph Curry. Oh. Three-point champion of the league. So he, I think he's been reluctant to call himself the best three-point shooter of all time. Why is that? Because he doesn't have the most threes of all time. Now, he said he's confident in saying that, which is super cool. So he, people might have said that about him is what you're telling me. But but he was like, no, 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 I haven't earned it yet. Yeah, what, show me the proof. Show me the stats. I love it. Ah, he's an all right guy. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Almost 3,000 career three-pointers just past Ray Allen for the number one of all time. Uh, hopefully he knocks off the 3,000 by the end of the season just so that it's a, I like even, like, solid numbers. I honestly, and tell me if you agree or not, 
think this record because he's got how many more years left in him? Six or eight? Oh, he's healthy. And and usually somebody gets older. What happens to their game? It, it gets away from the rim and they start okay. shooting more threes. So, I don't know if that'll be the case. So he's already but, there. Um, I think this record will be similar to the John Stockton assist record, to where it's going to be him, and then nobody even and close. miles away from yes. the next contender. Uh, now that you mentioned the uh, as you yeah, I see that with with uh, Rudy Gay. Okay, yes. like you're not going to see a lot of post shoulder backs and turnaround jump shots three six feet from the hoop. He'll he'll light up a three pointer more than he'll shoot in the paint during a game. So where Steph Curry, that's his like <laughs> bread and butter. He started his career there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we're watching a pretty cool thing to see. So that's uh, good for Steph. Um, Clippers were up next. Another 20-point victory. Got to say, that was a fun game. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't know how much of it you saw. Uh, Energy-wise, it was way fun. My, my sister was at the game, and she said that it was, it was an f- awesome game to be at. It seemed like the camera panned to the crowd a lot that game for some reason. I like it. I think I noticed. I don't know if I just was no, I can not see paying that. attention yeah. before. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it did seem like they were hyped, and it was, it was a fun place y- to be. You saw the elf and Santa. Of course. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. yeah, of course he's of course we all saw that. So yeah, I don't know if that was to give us that feeling that maybe there's a good energy in the court, or it was just so obvious that the camera guys are trying to capture the moment. Um it it's a fun time. Um Tyson I, I don't know what I was gonna say. We need a revenge on the Clippers <laughs> be, for busting us out of the playoffs last year. So this is um a great win for us, and I'm glad it wasn't close. I'm glad that we killed them. And they deserved it on both sides. Yep. Four guys scored 20-plus, and we were just rolling. Yeah, bogey. Everybody looks so good. I'm t- I said this at the beginning of the season. Rudy Gobert is a different player offensively. The way he holds the ball, handles the ball. Tell me, tell me now, the way he's been slamming the ball, doing tip-ins, that's not something we see uh, Rudy Gobert do two years ago. Am I right, or am I just... I think you're on to something. I'm telling you, there's something different. So what do you think that is? Is it mental? Is it he's worked on his hands? Like In your mind, what is it for him? Every, everything's mental It's in, in some degree. Like if, if he wanted to be a better tip-in player, he has to first off mentally believe that he has the capability to do that. But maybe as someone on the training staff, who was the trainer uh, that went to Boston, not Boston, New York, uh, he was on, and he was a fr- he was good friends with Donovan. Uh, Bryant. Bryant. Bryant, one of the assistant coaches. So, so maybe we've had some changes in coaches that have just worked with Rudy and made him a more widespread, skilled player. I, I, I really believe that he's he's offensively improved a hundred percent in the last two years. I love it. And you saw his three pointers. Which, in practice. Yeah, he, he, yeah. How many did he make? He made four out of five, right? Yeah. That's 80%. That's, that's all you can ask. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Rudy Gobert is an 80% practice three-point shooter. When does Rudy take his first three of the year? Oh. Or maybe a career. I don't know the numbers. He might have had one half-court heave or something like that. But in his career, I don't know if he's taken a jump shot from three with, within the uh, offense. Not that I can remember. Does me. this happen this year? God, I hope so. <laughs> okay. Have you noticed him bringing the ball up more, too? Like, he likes to bring the ball up. He loses it. He's having fun, man. 80% of the time as well. He, he loses, makes a bad pass or a dribble. 
But I love that he's like, I'm going to bring the ball up. Is that French? It's... it's- <laughs> Moving on. Uh, that you. puts our record at 20 and 7. Yes, sir. Uh, so before this streak, we were sitting at 12 and 7. Still third in the West, but playing good right now. Um, just want to mention this week's episode is brought to you oh, by uh, your local Arby's. Okay? Because right now, they, they actually gave us free sandwiches for this, for this episode. Love getting catered. Right now, when the Jazz score more than 111 points in a game, the next day you get free sandwiches at Arby's. Thanks to Jazz Beats. <laughs> yes. Just go up to the counter, mention that promo, and mention Jazz Beats, and you'll get a free sandwich after the game. This is a true story. So true. If they don't honor it, Jazz Beats will pay for it. Yes. After we score 111 points On the next in a game. game. Yes. So thank you, Arby's, yeah. for just looking out. They have the meats. <laughs> Danny Ainge is a name that's on people's minds right now. Um, just got hired by the Jazz. Come back to Utah from his, his playing career in, in college. And he is now the, what, what was his title? He, um, he was in Boston. Right? Yes. I don't know what he did there. What's he doing now? No, he was the GM for a while in Boston. Right. And I think he moved positions kind of like we did with Dennis Lindsay. And now he's coming to be our head of basketball yeah, operations. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. So something similar to what Dennis Lindsay was doing previously. And, and it's not a step down, I would say, for Dennis Lindsay, right? It's, not it's kind a, of a step to the side. Yeah, it's not a ladder up and down. It's an escalator left and right. Mm-hmm, like at the airport. Uh, yeah. Is one there of those a, ones. Is there a different name for those? No, a flat one. The flat one. <laughs> right. Let's just remove that analogy. In totally. Danny Ainge, I wonder how long he's been trying to get back to Utah. He played college in Utah, BYU. Um, I think his family either grew up here or since then they were kind of raised here, but got a lot of Utah ties. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see him. He did a good job in Boston, I feel like. The current core of Boston with, with Tatum and Jalen Brown um, all got here with Danny Ainge under it. Even people who aren't big into basketball have heard about this move. His name is is pretty well known. And if you look at what the Jazz are building, not just on the court, but off the court, and what's supporting the association, I mean, we're, we are a five-star organization. We really are. Like, we've got some big guns behind us, and, and I, we wouldn't be doing any of this unless our, unless our goal was a championship team. So I, I don't think you spend all this money and you make all these moves unless that's realistically the, the goal here for our team. Man, now it's just achieving that goal. It's now. 8-0 and on a run. <laughs> Finish out the season with no losses. I'm never doubting the Jazz again. I've said it before. Um, upcoming schedule. Tyson, take it away. We've got three games before you hear from us again, guys. And I know we're getting close to the holiday season, so podcasts will be as consistently recorded and getting to you, but we're going to do our best. We've got December 17th back-to-back. We've got Spurs at home. Thoughts on the Spurs? Jackson? Win. We're going to win. Easy. Hear that? Now we got a back-to-back December 18th. That's the Saturday following the Spurs game against the Washington Wizards. We had just won them in Washington, 123-98. to What type of result do you think? Win. We're going to win. (laughs) You didn't let me finish. No doubts here. (laughs) Uh, Are you thinking that big of a win again? Win. We're going to win by 20. (laughs) 
Okay, third, Jazz are the best. Third and final, December 20th, Hornets in Salt Lake City. Can we win all three? Win. I love me some LaMelo Ball, but we're going to win. 3-0 and this week. Streak how, is at 11. How many behind-the-back passes is uh, Mr. Ball going to do on the court against the Jazz? Yeah, multiple. He more, is fun. More He's, than three? Three is the number. He should just inbound behind his back every, <laughs> <laughs> every time. You sure we're going to win the Hornets? 3-0. and No doubts anymore. Okay, so that would give us an 11-0 and, and run. Yes. Right? That's, that, that would be our longest run of the season so far, right? Yep. We have the longest active streak right now. That's um, right, because Phoenix fell off the block. Yes. That's right. And they are still an incredibly mm-hmm. good team. The Booker being out hurts them. He's been out for a week or two now, so I think that's where they've fallen off. So they're going to be top three in the West right. by the and end. And was that an ankle, an Achilles, a hamstring? I don't know. Those are the top three I normally go to. <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of those three, folks. Some of his lower extremities are hurt. Yes, you can find further details on uh, Devin Booker's injuries on our website. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much. It's so much fun being on here. Um, the Jazz are rolling. It's been exciting. Keep cheering. Keep going to games. Um, do your thing, fans. If we win the next two in a row, Jackson and I will go to the Hornets game I like to the see way if we can finish 11. I like the way you think. Okay, let's do it. Thank you, everybody, tuning in, and thank you to Arby's. Go get your free sandwich after the Jazz score 111 points. Um, we'll see you. This is Jackson. This is Tyson. Adios, guys. <laughs>